0: Yo, 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 what time (laughs) Time is it? Showtime! (laughs) Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your weekly dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week we've got part two of the 1960s, which is a very, very big decade, lots of good shows to talk about. And Abby's going to review An Ideal Husband with Freddie Fox and his father. Yeah. Edward Fox? Yes. Edward Fox. Ted Fox, if you will. Eddie and Freddy. Eddie and Freddy. Teddy and Freddy. Could be either. Who knows. But firstly, Theatre News so the first piece of theatre news this week is that Bonnie Langford is going to be joining the cast of 42nd Street at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. She's going to be playing Dorothy Brock and also the show has announced its closing date which will be the 5th of January. After that the Theatre Royal Drury Lane is going to close for refurbishment. So we haven't seen this we have talked a lot about seeing it and now I think that it's got a closing date I think that is the kick that we need to actually see it before it closes. I really like Theatre Royal Drury Lane. I think it's a very nice space and I think 42nd Street will be a nice classic
1: bit of theatre. Yeah, uh, a lot of tap dancing all over the place. Yeah, a lot of big song and dance numbers. Um, yeah, I think it will be a fun classic night at the theatre. The next piece of news is kind of tangentially theatrical and it's that the BBC have released the first look photos of the new Les Misérables TV adaptation. So this is an adaptation of the book. So we'll feature no song. We will not be hearing the people me sing. If they
0: used some of the soundtrack as background music. Just like some of the a little, bit little, on little my chord, own, and own when them, and you feeling don't... sad, you know,
1: like the but it, just a it, hint to it. So this production will star Dominic West as Jean Valjean David Ayelowo as Javert and Lily Collins as Fontaine Adil Akhtar and Olivia Coleman as the Tenardiers so a, lo- a lot of big cast. names
0: yeah. yeah you see that when the BBC tweeted about it they called Javert Javier didn't see that
1: <laughs> the so new Spanish good. adaptation of Les Mis <laughs> 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 so I'm not sure they
0: changed it by that. now that but is
1: fantastic yeah
0: the um, production pictures look really good I think Dominic West looks like a very convincing Jean Valjean David a yellowo looks like better Javert than Russell Crowe ever did. Well, he also doesn't have to sing, so he's got an easier job, doesn't he? Extremely true. Although, even if he did have to he sing, I sing. bet he'd do a better job than Russell yeah. Crowe did. Lily Collins is a sort of young Fantine for what I think Fantine looks like in my head, but I guess she is quite young, isn't she? I yeah. In the book, I'm not ready like the you book. You have to. S- spans quite a long time doesn't it it does span quite a long time i'm excited to the age makeup they put on lily collins yeah
1: i'm hoping this will be good bbc can be very good at period drama sort of things they can and look it can't be worse than the les film so that will be on the bbc
0: next year so that is all the news for this week abby you saw an ideal husband on saturday i did how did you feel about it i felt very positively
1: about it rachel mm It's very classic Oscar Wilde production. They don't really try and do anything particularly fancy or or modern or anything with it, which I feel like it needed to be. I don't think it would work, although I'm sure that people have done modernised adaptations of it in the past. I really think that Freddie Fox is one of the finest young actors of our age, and he was just really fantastic. Nathaniel Park was excellent. It's just, like, really fun obviously oscar wilde is great that's why he's so famous all these years on the classic spring production of the importance of being earnest is following up at the vaudeville theater and that's the final one of the oscar wilde season and i just thought it was a really well put together production so i would recommend going to see the importance of being earnest and obviously that is the most classic of, of the wilds
0: how was Freddie fox's father
1: he was good they did play off each other really well like it was really fun watching them play off each other so they play father and son in the show and or they played because it is now over because i'm terrible at seeing things before like literally, the literally time is running out the dying
0: days but yeah. yeah at least you see things i, I
1: got there you got I got there. there the very last day it was on so, yeah, they play Father and Son, and he's a really disapproving father who kind of like loves his son's best friend, but thinks that his son's a bit of a waste of space, but obviously, they really love each other, but he like delivered every kind of put down and like aside perfectly, and obviously they kind of just very relaxed body language around each other and it just it worked really really well yeah i would just say if you ever have the chance to go see freddie fox and things this is the second stage production i've
0: seen him in yes because he was in Travesties. He was fantastic in Travesties. fantastic in that really held his own against tom hollander i thought which was quite a feat because tom yeah. hollander was fantastic i think he is
1: definitely one to watch on the london stage that is for sure And now we're going to continue on with our journey through the musical ages with the middle part of the 1960s. Yes. Um, So the first show we're going to talk about today is one of my all-time favourites, Fiddler on the Roof, which first opened on Broadway in September 1964. Fiddler on the Roof is the story of a poor milkman called Tevye who is living in a small town in Tsarist, Russia and it's basically about the whole community, um, his family and um, I guess kind of basic theme is the conflict between tradition and sort of modern values and a changing society. So um, Tevye and his wife Golda are very traditional, they believe in using matchmakers and in a very kind of classic Jewish life so there's a lot of themes and songs about Friday night About I mean the opening number is called tradition it's like it's ingrained but their their daughters are much more forward-thinking and it's sort of the the conflict between the two between um, living what they believe is the correct traditional way of life and allowing their daughters the freedom that they want as well. The story kind of follows his eldest three daughters being married off as such so instead of choosing who the matchmaker kind of presents for them for for want of a better word i guess one marries a a poor tailor the second kind of leaves home with the political radical and the third daughter ends up marrying a non-jew which is obviously pretty
0: much the worst thing she could do one of the interesting things about fiddler when it opened is that it opened when sort of social change was in the more broadly at the time, so it was around the time of the civil rights movement, the counterculture movement of the 60s, the sexual revolution, uh, the women's rights movement, um, so the kind of question of traditional values was very much at the forefront of the like collective consciousness at the time, so people kind of saw in the story of Young Golda their own sort of struggle to marry, <laughs> marry traditional values with <laughs> the new social norms.
1: So the music for Fiddler
0: on the Roof was written by Jerry Bock, with book by Joseph
1: Stein, um, lyrics by Sheldon Harnick and it was directed by Jerome Robbins. And it was actually a young Stephen Sondheim who convinced Jerome Robbins to um, join Fiddler on the Roof after hearing some songs from the show performed at Jerry Bock's home. So it might not have all come together were it not for young Stevie. Young Stevie Sondheim. So the show is based on Tevye and his daughters, which is a series of Yiddish stories written by Sholom Aleichem, basically about this um, Jewish village life at the turn of the 20th century in Russia. And it was kind of married with this image of a fiddler on a roof from a um, Chagall painting called The Fiddler.
0: So the image that Chagall sort of remembered from his childhood was a fiddler actually balancing on a rooftop who was trying to play without falling off which sort of reflects the idea of troubles and the struggles of the poor. So, in addition to directing, Jerome Robbins also choreographed the show, and the choreography is one of the key ways that the musical sort of brings together the worlds of musical theatre and the culture of the Hasidic Jews. So, interestingly, the choreography is very often recreated even in productions today because it's so central to the show, and in particular the staging of the opening number tradition. So Fiddler on the Roof was the first show to run for more than 3,000 performances on Broadway.
1: Um, it has been mounted um, more than 1,300 times in Japan alone. It's Little Japan! Little Japan! Who'd have known? And it's just had incredible success all around the world. I, it might be because I watched this so much as a kid, but I honestly think there is not a bad song in this show. There is not one song I would skip. The kind of big classics are If I Were A Rich Man, Tradition, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, To Life, Sunrise, Sunset, which we talked about in our Father's Day episode. Do You
0: Love Me, which you talked about in Do our love Valentine's Day episode. I did.
1: I mean, you see, this really is one of my favourite shows. Such beautiful, rich music and just has all the echoes of traditional Jewish music and also the sort of haunting kind of Russian melodies. If, for whatever reason you haven't seen the film, A Foot on the Roof, which followed quite soon after, I think in the early 70s, or just listened to the cast recording, go do it because it is just beautiful. The show won nine Tony Awards. The film, which came out in 1971, won three Oscars, including best original song score um, for the violin solos throughout the film. You just like it a lot. It's just such a good show. Very good. I mean, it's like so much my childhood, but also so beautiful.
0: The next musical that we're going to talk about is Hello Dolly, which opened on Broadway in 1964. It won 10 Tony Awards, including Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Leading Actress in a Musical, and seven more. It's not bad. (laughs) <laughs> Music and lyrics for Hello Dolly were written by Jerry Herman. It was directed by Gower Champion, a great name. Such a great name. A fantastic name. And the book was written by Michael Stewart. So Hello Dolly is based on a one-act play called A Day Well Spent, but it went through several adaptations and revisions before it became Hello Dolly. So it was adapted by an Austrian playwright. That play was turned into an American play and... That play was revised again into a play called The Matchmaker, which was a London and Broadway hit and led to the matchmaker producer acquiring the rights to change it into a musical adaptation. So, Hello Dolly! is basically about a matchmaker called Dolly Gallagher-Levi, great name, and shop workers having a sort of romantic adventure in New York. So Hello Dolly's got some fantastic songs in it, my favourite two are Put On Your Sunday Clothes and It Only Takes A Minute, and that is entirely because they are both featured in Wall-E, which is probably my favourite Pixar film, if not one of my very favourite Pixar films, if not one of my favourite films of all time. And It Only Takes A Minute is the song that Wall-E watches when he sees them holding hands and he just wants to hold hands with somebody. Oh, Oh, my heart is hurting. Um, And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Carol Channing starred as Dolly in the original Broadway production. When the film was made a few years later, Barbara Streisand played Dolly. Although, interestingly, Barbara thought that she was too young to play the role and actually asked to be replaced at one point, but they refused to, obviously, because she was Barbara Streisand, and why would they, why would they do that? There is, at the moment, a revival of Hello, Dolly! on Broadway, starring one of my favourites, Gavin Creel, also currently starring Bernadette Peters as Dolly, although I think she might have just left, literally just, just This left. weekend, yeah. Yes, David Hyde-Pierce, and it's just a great cast it's a great cast and i wish that i could have seen it because i would love to see gavin creel in hello dolly so much like i could i could cry thinking about it so yeah hello dolly was the first of jerry herman's sort of series of musicals centering on sort of larger than life women and it was his most successful as well so it's only going to go downhill for jerry herman from here in this series so in the
1: same year came another sort of iconic huge female mm. role show with funny girl which is about the rise of a ziegfeld Follies star named fanny bryce a uh, real woman real woman so yeah it kind of focuses on fanny's early ambitions and her rise to fame her obsession over nick arnstein who she falls in love with even though he's a slightly um crooked. shady
0: shady character Bit crooked yeah, it's basically about her rise to success and her life as she goes through this sort of meteoric rise.
1: Yeah. It ran for almost three years on Broadway with Barbara Streisand originating the role of Fanny Bryce and reprising the role in The West End in 1966 and again in the film Funny Girl in 1968. And the biggest song I think by far from Funny Girl is Don't Rain On My Parade which mm-hmm. is definitely sort of if
0: you ever watched the, glee you'll well, know
1: this song yeah and it's just an iconic big kind of belty broadway female
0: pit. Yep. the song people is also a great song i also enjoyed the song funny girl yeah it's got lots of good songs in it i think yeah it is a good fun show it's a good score um it weirdly though didn't win any Tony Awards. Well, I think that's probably because it came out in the same year as Hello Dolly, which swept basically everything. Yeah, interesting. I know, not even a token. And then when the film came out a few years later, that was the same year as the Oliver film came out, so it also lost out on Best Picture to Oliver. Which is sad. S- it's them. a shame, really. They should schedule these things better. Yeah,
1: it has had many revivals since then, though, including a revival
0: two years ago, maybe. Two years ago, I was thinking, two, three years two or ago. The ago. Theatre. Starring Sheridan, Sheridan Smith. Smith. We saw this, but we didn't actually see Sheridan Smith. No, we so saw she, Natasha Barnes. Natasha Barnes,
1: who was excellent. She was fantastic. Yeah, Sheridan she really Smith um, had to take a chunk of time out due to illness, but it was one of those amazing understudy steals the show sort of moments because Natasha yes. um, Barnes was just.
0: And I just think fantastic. it must be so hard because Sheridan Smith was billed as the sort of reason to go and see it. Yeah, and. Well, also Darius. Also Darius Dinesh who is in it, of course. But mostly Sheridan Smith for normal people, not like us, yeah. You know? <laughs> and to know, like people would be disappointed to be going to see the show knowing that Sheridan wouldn't be in it and having to work that much harder yeah. to convince people that to not be disappointed, basically, to have seen you. I just think it must be horrible. And she was incredible. She was fantastic. She was really great. And I don't regret not seeing Sheridan Smith at
1: all. No, me neither.
0: The last show that we're gonna talk about this week is Cabaret, which opened on Broadway in 1966. Cabaret is obviously one of the most famous musicals of all time. It's set in 1930s Berlin. It's about the love affair between Sally Bowles and Cliff Bradshaw, who is an American writer and it's sort of conducted in the very early stages of the Nazi regime. The musical lyrics for Cabaret were written by Kandra and Ebb, it was directed by Harold Prince, and the book was by Joe Masteroff. It won eight Tony Awards, including Best Musical, Best Original Score, Best Performance by a Featured Actor for Joel Grey as the MC, Best Direction and Best Choreography. The British author Christopher Isherwood had written about his experiences living in pre-Nazi Germany with an actual British nightclub singer called Sally Bowles, in a novella called goodbye to berlin that was adapted into a play and then that was eventually adapted into what became cabaret with candor and ebb researching extensively about the time period when they were writing the score and sort of immerse themselves in 1920s german jazz i think it's a great score it's such a great score really just some fantastic songs
1: including cabaret itself mm-hmm. um and so what and money maybe this time maybe this time which was actually originally written for the film but has since been worked into the stage show in um, recent revivals i think the mc also in cabaret is one of the the great roles. Yeah, such yeah. a great role for male lead, and obviously Sally Bowles for female lead is um, sort of one of those iconic roles you can have. A little fun fact about Sally Bowles is that the role was originated in the West End by Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Judy Dench, who I'm sure was just fantastic in this role. I would have loved role. to have seen that. Yeah, I'm just a few decades too young for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Another fun fact is that Liza Minelli, although appeared in the film, did not originate the role on Broadway. It was originated by Jill Hayworth, so yeah, this is a huge show. It's one of the biggest, most famous musicals of all time. It's obviously revived a lot. They do have a tendency to stunt cast Sally, which I think is a bit of a shame. I mean, they've got really good people to play her. So in the recent Broadway revival, they had Michelle Williams and Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. And obviously there's been a 2017 UK tour with Louise Redknapp. Louise
1: Redknapp, Louise who Redknapp. I'm just not sure was made for the role no. of, of Sally. but.
0: However, I would have liked to see the UK tour, which was... Years and years ago now, with Samantha Barks as Sally Bowles, yep. that I would have liked to see. I will see a production of Cabaret one of these days.
1: Yeah, I would love to see Cabaret. Watch the film many times, but I think the stage show must just have such great atmosphere, especially in a smaller venue. I'd love to see it in a bit of a, a smaller West End, rich, velvety mm. surroundings yes sort of place. So if anyone has a West End theatre of that description, please. I think we're due a big West End. Maybe
0: the Savoy the Maybe. Savoy One Street and Girls Closes that'll be fun that's the Maybe. type of show they would have so that's it for part two of the 1960s we've still got a couple of good shows to come next week when we'll also have a review of Fun Home which is very exciting so excited really excited about that um, so yeah we're almost done with this decade and then on to the sort of modern era the sort of rock opera era which is very very exciting as well Ball Bulletin he's working with Il Diva, he's having a great old time yeah uh, I don't think he's up to much else, really. Any other business?
1: I have another film recommendation. I'm just watching films recently. I watched a really, really good film yesterday called Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a Taika Waititi film, who is the comic genius behind Thor Ragnarok and many other things. And it was just one of... I mean, it was one of the best films I've seen in a long time. It's about a young kid who gets placed with a foster family in basically the middle of nowhere in New Zealand. And he's a bit of a rough kid and his foster father is pretty gruff and seems to hate him, but then they get lost in the woods and it gets, it gets complicated, but it is so beautifully shot and it is so funny and so heartwarming and emotional and just like slickly done. And it's, the comedy is that, I mean, I'm saying like that New Zealandy comedy, but all I know is Taika Waititi and Fly the Mm. Concords. That's all I know for like New Zealand comedy. But that sort of kind of dry, um, kind of harsh humour, but just stunning visuals. And just go watch it, people. People should go watch it. It's just a very good film. Hunt for the wilder people.
0: I have started watching Sharp Objects, which is on Sky Atlantic but is also on Now TV, if you have Now TV, which is Amy Adams and Jean-Marc Vallée, who I think produced and directed Big Little Lies it's very very sort of similar in tone to Big Little Lies but I think darker if anything so Amy Adams plays a journalist who is sent back to her hometown to investigate the disappearance of a teenage girl and whether it could be connected Mm -hmm. to a murder of a teenage girl the year before and she has alcohol problems and she has a really interesting relationship with her half-sister and her mum is played by Patricia Clarkson who is incredible and I'm just really enjoying it so far. My only complaint is that the dialogue is really, really quiet. That like, It's really mumbly, so like you cannot hear what they're saying 90% of the time. But it's great, and I'm really excited to watch more. I think it's eight parts, maybe six or eight parts. And the first episode was very good. I will check it out. would recommend Sharp Objects. That's about it, I think, for this week. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with more 1960s and Fun Home. Yay. Yay. See you then. Bye. Bye.